everyone, it's Keith Strovey here, aka Professor Z, and I am back with a new episode of Office Hours with Professor Z after a very long hiatus. We are back. We're going to be releasing a couple episodes uh, over the next couple weeks, and I keep hope to keep doing this uh, far into the future. I have a lot of students interested in coming down. This is my podcast. It's really kind of self-indulgent, I'll be honest, where I get to sit down with students I've had or maybe haven't had, but I've had a lot of interaction with. And I get to just sit down, chat with them for a while, and find out about them. Find out about their career at Sacred Heart University, how they have evolved as a student, uh, with what they plan on doing after graduation, uh, what maybe they're going to grad school, maybe they got a job lined up, whatever it happens to be. I, I want to know. And this is really about student profiles and, and hearing from the student's voice about their experience here at the university as a student. And so today, this is a really great episode. I sat down with Shannon Svinsky. Uh, Shannon is a, someone I had. I actually met her during pre-fall because uh, she was walking around the halls and I, I tell the story in the podcast about she was looking for her rooms and it, I knew who she was because I looked at my roster and when she said her name, I was like, oh, you're in my class. Um, so Shannon's someone I had as a student in CM102 Introduction to Media Productions as a freshman and now she's a senior. She's on the editorial board of the Spectrum. She's on the Pulse. She was on CT Sports Now as a crew member. She's was doing camera work for the football games last year. She's changed her mind about what she wants to do for a career, and she even says that herself has changed over the over the four years here at Sacred Heart University. So it's a really great conversation. I learned a lot about Shan today, and I hope that you learn a lot about her as well listening to this. So please uh, enjoy this episode with on Office Hours with Professor Z with Shan Savinsky. I mean, that way I don't get distracted by, you know, Facebook or something. <laughs> Not that I should. How are you today? I am fabulous. Just had yeah. my lovely COVID test. So oh. we're... Oh, you're, you, so, today was your turn? Yeah, the randomly selected. Yeah. Um, is it still the PCR or is it just like the easy one now? It Like it's the nasal one, but they don't go all the way up. Right, yeah, the, the, it's the surface one. Yeah, I was like, why couldn't they do that when I had to get it last time? <laughs> because it's newer? I don't know. It's actually faster, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because um, I had that done, I think it was three weeks ago. I wasn't feeling well, so I went to a clinic and had. And they just did a quick one. They yeah. just did, like, on the surface, which actually felt weirder. <laughs> yeah, it was it, a little weird because it was, like, a normal Q-tip. <laughs> and, and it took longer, so I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. this is not fun. <laughs> um. Anyways, thank you for joining me today on Office Hours with, with Professor Z. You're very That'll welcome. Be me, of course. And thank you. I'm here in the studio, as you can see. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely um, so, the, I, I'm, as I t- told you before, I'm repicking up this series. I, we didn't do it last semester for obvious reasons. Something yeah. weird happened last semester. I don't know. A lot of things were in the way of me doing anything besides surviving. Mm-hmm, yeah. So now, and now that we all know what Zoom is, it's a lot easier to do this anyways. True. Um, so how's your semester been going? Good. Very yeah. busy. Yes. Very. So um, 
Uh, here, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start off with this. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I That's did. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself? Say who you are and what you do. What I do? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Shannon Savinsky. I am the managing editor for editorial for the Spectrum newspaper. I am a senior producer for the Pulse. I am a classroom learning assistant for digital editing. Um, I think that's it. There's like a lot. There's a lot of little things that I do just around whenever someone needs me. Right. So that that's, well, that's like a lot to say. So you got, you're working with the Spectrum and have you been doing the Spectrum since you were a freshman? No, I started last year, the beginning of my junior year, I started and I never journalism was never even in the realm of possibility of something I wanted to get involved with. Mm -hmm. um, but the end of my sophomore year, when I was doing CT Sports Now, and that got canceled, I was like, well, what do I do now? I have nothing. Um, and Dan Gardella was on the spectrum. And he was like, I know this isn't what you want to do. Um, but it's, you know, good experience. And I was kind of open to anything because mm -hmm. I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could and like build up my resume. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen years down the line. I want experience and everything. So I was like, yeah, let's just give it a shot. Um, so I was the assistant features editor when I first, no, I was the assistant perspectives editor when I first came in. I was that for about a month until I got moved over to features and I was the assistant features editor. And then the second semester, I finally took the class. I took the news writing reporting class in addition to being now a co-features editor. Um, so I was doing both simultaneously, which was kind of nice because I already had the experience of being on the board before I became a writer. Um, so I kind of knew the background of it um, and the behind the scenes. And then this year I became the managing editor for editorial. So now I oversee all of editorial. So how'd you become an assistant editor before taking the class? Like you yeah. just walked in and you were an assistant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of, um, but they were still, they still had open spots. I guess they had people drop over the summer or something. Right. Um, they needed to fill the spots and like they knew I had experience in media, not particularly journalism, but some sort of experience. And I was, I feel like I'm very, I can pick up on things quite easily and okay. quickly. Um, and, you know, I wasn't going to be the type of person to be like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, wing it. It's like I wanted to learn the ropes and I was dedicated to figuring this out because journalism was something I had never done. Um, and they've had it happen before. Dan did it. Um, a few people on our board now haven't taken the class yet. So a lot of people have done it. It's possible. <laughs> I think that goes to show that if you show initiative that you are willing to take on this thing and learn about it, that no matter what it is, that they're just going to say, okay, well, here you go. You're willing to do it. So do it um, yeah, instead no, of exactly. trying to find somebody. Because I always rather take, you know, I, whether it's a student or whatever, I rather take someone that's willing just to do it and learn it uh, mm -hmm. instead of forcing someone to do it. I don't want to have to force people to do something because then they're not going to enjoy it. What they do is not going to be great. Um, so it's, it's better to have someone like you that's motivated to do that thing. Yeah. Um, and then it's going to, you, then you get a lot of experience at it. Now, now you found something you didn't know you wanted to do. Exactly. And that you're interested yeah. in it. Cause, um, I know this is a while ago, but go back to freshman year when you first took me in my class. 
what was it you said you wanted to do? I said I wanted to do editing, but I had never done any kind of editing before. <laughs> but for some reason, I just thought that that was it. <laughs> I want to be an editor. What kind of, ed- I don't know. I'm just going to edit. <laughs> yeah. And, and now, now, so what, you're, you're a junior now, right? No, are senior. you senior? You're senior. Oh yeah. my God. Does that make you feel old? Ah, so I, I will say, I remember before, like, it, it was like, even before the semester started, I remember you and, oh, I can't think of who, you were walking through the halls with somebody else. And I happened to be walking through and I was like, hey, can I help you out? And you're like, yeah, I'm looking for where this classroom is. Oh my God. Yes. And I go, pre-fall freshman year. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's over here. I'm like, what class are you taking? And you said what it was. I was like, hi, I'm your professor. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. Oh my God. That feels like a lifetime ago. I remember all these things. I can't believe you remember that. Oh. Yeah. And then then you were Polish. So it stuck out of my head. Yeah, exactly. We, we bonded quite easily. Well, cause you know, I I looked at, you know, obviously I looked at the roster list beforehand. So I like, Mm -hmm. I can say, Oh, that's a Polish name right there. Yeah, exactly. And so you said, Oh my, I'm Shannon. And I'm I'm like, Oh, I, you're Shannon in my class. That's so funny. Oh. Yeah. So fun fact, I have a strange memory that works really weird. I can, I can remember strange details about things that like go back 30 years. Really? Yeah. Like just random, like I remember random events and people and things like that. Crazy. So, 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 so certain events always stick out in my head and I I, I always remember that. Like I remember the first time I met Danny Ilya, I called him Danielle. So because I was going off a list of names, and when you look real quick, Daniel and Danielle, yeah, are basically they just have two letters flipped. Exactly. I so, get it. So I said, I just go Danielle, and you go, and you know, big tall Danny in the back, of like, I mean, Danny, Danny, you mean Danny. Me? <laughs> so, and I was like, sorry. <laughs> and now he's off doing great things too. Um, so man, senior year, is this how you imagine your senior year to be? In terms of COVID, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, no. You didn't expect to be in a pandemic and no, have your stuff didn't. from your house? Yeah. I actually, like, when I was reflecting, I was like, no, pandemic just didn't, didn't cross my mind. <laughs> I, um, but how thankful are you that the technology exists today to be able to do the work in the way that we're doing it during this time? No, absolutely. I, I didn't really know. So when we found out that we were going to like be online or be hybrid or whatever, I was like, I don't really know how it's going to work. And Mm -hmm. especially because this is a very hands-on field. It's like, you can't be completely remote, like, like an English major can be. Um, and everyone's been like very flexible and really fantastic with it all. I know that Last two weeks ago, when I was doing my story for the Pulse on how admissions was transitioning and dealing with recruiting students during a pandemic, um, it wasn't that difficult to be able to get interviews because I feel like a lot more people are more willing to do interviews when it's on Zoom because they don't really have to have a big time gap in their day. They can just stay where they are and do the interview remotely and it's over in 10 minutes. Like it's super easy. And a lot of, I found that a lot of people are more willing to be interviewed if it's over Zoom rather than in person. I, I can see that. I agree with that. I mean, and 
And do you think that, well, with, with that in reflection, like, do you think that's going to change moving like, you know, a year from now, we'll, we'll say, uh, I don't shoot in the future, you know, we have a vaccine and we can go out in public again and, you know, have a mask off and actually touch each other. Um, do you think that interviewing is going to change or do you think that people are, are, are we still going to be using zoom a lot or are we going to go back to the old way? I think that, COVID has taught us a lot and we've had to like learn to adapt to a lot of things. And yeah, some things are going to go back to normal, but there are going to be some things that people are like, Hey, like that kind of worked better actually. So I think it's in a year in the future, it's kind of going to be a mix. I think people will be really excited to be able to actually interview people in person again, but also it's a nice backup plan. You know, if you have someone who's in a different time zone, maybe, or like, they can't carve out a whole day to do something, you know, then that's when Zoom would come into play. Um, I think it will be a good mix, but it's definitely not going to go away, I don't think. Okay. I mean, I mean, I can tell you from my um, personal experience, you know, just thinking about what we used to do back in um, the early 2000s in radio, you know, if, if you were a local person, it actually was in TV too, we do the same thing um, before all this happened, you know, if you're a local to a radio station, you would drive to that public radio station to in, be interviewed by someone over in DC. So you have a good audio quality. Mm -hmm. But right now that we all have this um, and you can for not that much buy a nice microphone. Oh, look what I got. I it might say shoebox on it. I might've taken it home with me back in March. <laughs> so I had a good microphone at home, but you know, it's, we can do all these things remotely, and especially if you're just interviewing for newspaper, you don't need to have the audio quality. No, um, exactly, yeah. But even even for TV or radio, um, every every radio state, you know, I listen to the radio all the time, public radio, and everything they're doing is from their houses now. Because yeah. <laughs> so, it can be. Like, it's right. so much easier to just do that if if you need something in a pinch, you know? Yeah, and, and I can tell you from, teach, from my experience on teaching end of it, um, I, there's definitely been classes where I thought, well, one, I just, I've been flip-flopping back and forth each week, whether we're going to be in person or online, because some things you have to be you know, like, okay, we're going to learn about the cameras today. That's kind of hands-on. You kind of need a camera in your hand to do the things. I can't just talk about it. You need to have it, um, which is weird because I had to like wipe them down with the wipes, then hand them out. Like, yeah. uh, and I'm going around, you know, wiping my hands before I touch someone's stuff. And so it was, it was a different world doing that. But then my other, you know, my podcasting class this past week, we were just uh, doing script reviews. So I was like, instead of meeting in person, we can just all meet online and we can share this, you know, one-on-one -on -one share the screen and look at your script because we don't need to do that in person. We don't need to have 12 people in a room waiting one at a time to come up and look at your script because there's just no need for that. So it frees up everyone's day. You don't have to leave your house. Um, I have... A, a, I do have a number of students that are in quarantine, so they couldn't come anyways. Yeah. So anything that was a, too the first week, like when that Bridgeport thing happened and everyone was locked down, I had like a number of students that were in quarantine. And I was like, you know what, this class, we don't need to be in person because we're just going to talk. I'm going to show you how to write a story and I can do all this on zoom and I want to have a conversation. So I think if we're all equal, we're all little squares in a video screen. It's a lot more equal than having like four squares up on the screen. And then like, six yeah. people's down in the room, which, you know, walking through the building, I, I walked by one of the, the buildings, you know, it's another class. It's like a history class or whatever. And you, you know, you have the grid up on the screen and there's like 
10 people up on the screen. There's another 10 in the room. I'm like, I don't, I guess it's better than not doing it. Yeah. But I know it's not the same. No, of course not. Of course it's not. I mean, have you had classes like that where you have people split? Yeah, we've had it every week for the pulse. You know, each week there's been like a new person in quarantine. Um, and so that's just kind of how we do it. And it, I mean, it works out well. I mean, I do, I haven't been like on Zoom, so I don't know how it is from that end. But I feel like for that class, you really do kind of miss out on stuff if you're up on the screen because, you know, where like last uh, class yesterday, we were critiquing our video, our show from the week before. And they it was like, you know, the quality of the screen sharing with the video and the start and stop of like picking it out piece by piece. You kind of like, just kind of miss that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, I don't know, it's not the same kind of vibe for lack of right. a better term. And I kind of experienced that last semester when I was in Professor Russo's broadcast news production and we were forced to go online. Right. Um, and we had to, you know, screen everyone's final projects on WebEx. And, you know, there's like a level of disconnect, but mm-hmm. we made the most of it and it was still fabulous. Um, but yeah, I think that it also brings people closer together too, because I think if you're in a typical class, you could go an entire class without talking to someone. But if you're like on Zoom, it's like you're missing out on stuff. So you reach out to people and it it's weird how it brings you together, even though you're separated, if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, you know, again, from, from the teacher's perspective, I enjoy it too, because um, truth be told, I have a hard time remembering names initially. Like, I remember that. I remember that. You know, I could have, you know, you have 12, 15 people in the class, especially with a production class where you only meet once a week. Yeah. It's hard to retain that information. It's like, if we met every day, boom, I would be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, one, it's once a week, the retention is hard for that. And I also have always had this, especially with intro to production, um, when I'm looking at projects, you know, a lot of people use each other in their projects. So if I'm looking at a video, and, you know, you made the video, but, you know, Dan is in the video. Like, my brain association is that this is Dan's video. Yeah. Because that's who I'm seeing in the video, even though no, it's your video. So it makes it even harder in that class just to get the recognition of who's who. Um, within Zoom, I have everyone's name up on the screen. <laughs> so I can see it. And then I can easily just call people out and be like, hey, I, you know, you know, Brian, I haven't heard from you in a while. And and then I get them yeah. chime in because then I can keep track of it easier versus in the classroom. I'm like, I think his name is Brian. <laughs> and then you have it, the mask or, too. Or is it Brendan? <laughs> yeah. And then people are talking. I can't tell who's talking because yeah. if you can't see the mask moving, it's like, oh, who's like this is awkward. <laughs> um, and, and it depends on the class. So like this year, my one or two, there's only, there's only three guys in the class and, and one of them's online. So I know who that is. And then the two that are in class, like, I just, like, their names to me, like, the, 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 they stick out in my head more. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was easy. But then like, when, you, when you have, again, you're wearing masks, so you kind of have, like, a face blindness. So the details yeah. of, like, trying to pick up someone's face are a little there. And when you have basically three blonde girls that are all in, like, super, it's like, okay, Y'all mostly look the same. There's a little, thankfully you kind of sit in the same spot all the time. 
that yeah. helps, but it's like, okay, you always sit there, you always sit there, you always, but at the same time, we've only been in the physical class three times and it's October <laughs> and you all have the same blonde hair. It's like even the same haircut. I mean, I, I'll go back to like eight, whatever, I, it was Natalie's class. Uh, it was like, there was a Lauren, a Laura, and then a Lori. <laughs> And I was like, like, that was horrible. I'm like, no, no, guys, this is not. And they were all like in a cluster in the same yeah, area of course in the classroom. Of course so it's like, you you all have the same name, or the close to the same name, and you're in the same area. And I'm tr- I need to remember. That's like, oh, I actually stole one of Russo's idea one year. It's like because what Russo does is, on um, black the new blackboard doesn't have it right now, but the old blackboard had the photo roster. Yes, he did that all the time. So, you, so you, you cut out the pictures and you put the names next to it. It, it helps. Tom, let me tell you, especially when you want to see people <laughs> once a week. Because then you can just have it up. And I'll be honest, I, I slide do, used to do that while teaching. Like if I was like in the middle of a break or something, I would just pick up the photo roster and like have it open on a tab. Yeah, like slyly look at it. So if my screen wasn't being shared, I could look it up like, no, that is definitely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Problem is the, the pictures also don't always match. It's especially now because you can as an incoming student like you can like send in the picture that you want to be on yeah, your that's ID. What I did. yeah right so some people have like these like glamour shots from like their yearbook and stuff yeah that don't look like what they look like and it's not like it's it's just like you, you don't when you're just here with your glasses and stuff that's not what you look like there so there's yeah like the you, full makeup make like the monday at 8 a.m like right. here's your full people. makeup with your hair done and the, this or the guy with the the haircut and the, like it's their football picture or whatever and then there's like yeah 8 a.m i'm like no this is not the same I'm like two different people <laughs> Where, where's your spongebob square pants pajamas <laughs> because that's that's what i'm looking for yeah no exactly i had it you know well yeah i finally updated my own photo i think the blackboard it was a photo greg took but i look <laughs> i look the same it's just different glasses changing <laughs> <laughs> it up in a different shirt <laughs> well it's fine for um for the longest time until i got my current id which was a couple years ago because i think i lost an id or just was oh no we had to get we had to get new ideas because they had the chips in them like five years ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Up until that time, on because I just had my ID that I, the same ID basically that I've had since two thousand. Um, so <laughs> when I was when I, so I was in undergrad. Um, although it said faculty staff on it because I was working at the radio station, so it was a staff ID. <laughs> so I had the same ID and the same picture the entire time, and that also ended up being in the Outlook system and the Blackboard. Mm-hmm. so students you know when i sent out an email they would see the picture of me with like um long hair <laughs> different person <laughs> like because i had the hair down to like my cheeks at that time i think oh <laughs> shannon uh, my hair used to come down to my shoulders i used to have was hair it, like, okay straight? Was it straight straight i can't picture that at all i had straight hair my there's only one picture of my hair at its longest and it was one that my orthodontist took i remember when they the orthodontist would take your picture yeah Cause, yeah because they take the picture before you get braces on yeah and so that was like and i got i like shaved my head off like two weeks after that picture was taken so like my longest hair came down to my shoulder and like the day i could get into ponytail the next day i shaved it off oh my i don't know why i just was like it was high school it was like, mm, drastic thing. It. 
But I also used to like, sh- it was, it was the 90s. So we used to like shave underneath the hair, mm. and, like let it come down over the top. It was, a skater, it was called the skater cut. I just remember over the summer when we would have the spectrum zooms and you had hair. It was just the freakiest thing ever. Well, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Once we all got locked down, like it was March. I was like, I'm just going to stop. Because at the time, like I was going to grow a beard. But then my wife mm-hmm. brought up the point. It's like, well, we don't, you know, that's like a catcher for things. Yeah. And like early on when we didn't know a lot, she's like, you know, I'd rather you not do that. So I was like, okay, good point. I'll shave my beard off. But then I'm, I'm going to let my hair grow then instead. Yeah, so I let the hair grow. And then I, I cut it a week before school started. <laughs> that was just the weirdest thing ever to see. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was different. It was weird. And it's funny because like we've only lived on this block for a year now mm-hmm. where we live. So, you know, over the summer we start, you know, we obviously start talking to neighbors more and, and all that stuff. So like they don't know me. They don't know that I always had like a shaved head for five years. So like they, yeah. see, they, no, they just think it's natural. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have shaved heads too because we're all the same uh we don't have hair club so oh adorable <laughs> you know it's it's a thing of, it's called nail pattern baldness baldness uh it just it happens it's a serious condition um, um i'm not gonna cut my child's hair until i have to because i'm jealous and i want him to have long hair forever let him bask in the glory of it he's got curly hair and he it shakes around <laughs> so luscious my oldest son, we made, we, I gave him a mohawk. He wanted a mohawk, so I gave him a mohawk. That's really cute. I need to touch it up, though. It, we haven't cut in, a, like, a month, so we got to get the clippers out again. <laughs> got to trim it. Make it my, good. My wife's like, you know how it is? I'm like, trust me. I got this. We used to, back in high school, we used to cut each other's hair. I got this. All it is is shaving underneath, and it's make sure you don't touch the top. <laughs> it's, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Yeah, you have to live vicariously through his hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He has hair. I'm gonna enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy my child's hair, both of them, as long as they have it. Cause like, guys, this is your future. <laughs> Sorry. Appreciate it while you have it. Exactly. You know, if you want diet colors, diet colors. I don't care. Enjoy the time while you have it. You have light hair, so you can dye it. I had a hard time dyeing my hair. It was too dark. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I bleached it once. It messed up a lot. Because my like, roommate, my roommate wasn't good at spotting where it was thin and where it was thick, the, the bleach. And he's like, "Oh yeah, it looks good." Because I did it myself, and then like I had parts of my hair that were white, and parts that were orange. Oh god! <laughs> and it wasn't still like really long too. No, it was shorter at the time because okay. we went to college, and it was just like I had hair, but I like bleached it, and like the thick parts didn't they they, they stayed orange, but like the top turned white because it was thinner. So then like, you do that from home. You gotta, you gotta go to the salon. Oh, come on. I worked in public radio. I don't got that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I'll say after I got like my next haircut though, it looks cool. Cause then I just had frosted tips. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And that was probably the style then too, right? Oh yeah. You know, totally yeah. like Ben Affleck had frosted tips. Come on. There you go. You're basically Ben Affleck at that point. Oh, I mean, obviously I'm Batman. Obviously. <laughs> All right. I actually, believe it or not, I wrote up questions. Okay. Because I'm gonna, these these are my gonna be my standard questions that I ask everybody. Okay. You, you ever watch Inside the Actor Studio? No. I see that show ended too long ago. You he always, always used to act, ask everyone the same questions at the end. Be like, what's your favorite swear word? <laughs> it was on Showtime. No, that's like he always had like a stack of cards and mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna do that. Um, 
for the podcast version of this, that was a visual reference. <laughs> that was a visual joke of me moving blue index cards. <laughs> for the viewers at home. Um. It's great radio, great radio. Um, this is a new question. I saw this question actually on Twitter. Okay. And I actually sent, so no, I'll tell the story afterwards, I guess. Okay. What is something that you wish your professors knew about you? Oh, um, oh my God. Okay. Um, well, I would say like, I'm a very outgoing, high energy person. We know I, that. <laughs> yes. But I don't always come across like that in the beginning. And especially if it's a professor I don't know, like you obviously know how I am and like Professor Russo does, like I've had him three times, but a professor that I haven't had and doesn't know me, like mm -hmm. that, it depends on like the energy of the class, if that come, if that part of me comes out during class. Um, so I think that if they knew it right off the bat, it would be easier for me to just open up and be myself. Fair. I like, okay. Um, so far, what did your, what is your best memory or of your time at shoe? There's so many to pick from. Um, but just pick I, one that comes to your head right away. Yeah. Off the top of my head, the best thing was doing the football and basketball broadcast last year. That was really, I would say the turning point for, the technical skills that I gained, the relationships that I made, but also like the confidence in myself. Um, because after doing the football season in the fall, that's when I applied to, well, I guess technically the application process for the Olympics happened before that, but my later interviews were during that time. And then interviewing for the Maury show. And I just had so much more confidence in what I was saying in interviews because mm -hmm. I had the experience to back it up. And I didn't feel like I had to like fake it till I make it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I, like I'm saying these things, but I actually believe them now. I believe that I have that kind of confidence in myself, but then also just the relationships of the people that I met like whether they were SCM grad students or professors or even other undergrads just like the confidence that they had in me too because I went into doing the football broadcast not really knowing what I was going to be able to do because it was very much of a grad driven thing um and then the first game they had there was something wrong with the crew list and like two of the grad students were like, oh, Shannon's on camera for Yale football. Like she can do it. I'm like, oh my God. Um, but like them having that kind of confidence in me, like increased the confidence that I had in myself. And I was always the type of person that I feel like I always put on a brave face and acted like I was confident, but I wasn't actually confident in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, but now I like, I am confident in what I'm doing. And I think that that was the turning point. And then that just kind of snowballed into everything else that I've been doing. What, what, so you, you were doing camera for football? Yeah. Is that primarily what you did for all the games? Yeah, I did, um, for football, I did camera for all of the games, most of the games, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, and then basketball, I kind of bounced around, um, because I was like running from the Maury show and doing basketball at the same time. So I would do graphics sometimes. I would just be 
a fireman, I would kind of just be put wherever they needed me for basketball. Um, also oh, utility. Had, yeah. yeah. You got to use a sports term. That's a utility player. Utility, yeah. <laughs> um, and cause that was like, I think basketball was like a class for the grad students. Right. So for like me and like Lauren McNair, who was still an undergrad, they kind of just like throw us in where they needed someone at the last minute. Mm-hmm. But we were just always, even there was times when I would just sit there and they wouldn't end up needing me for anything, but I would just sit in the control room and like take it all in. Um, I'd be like on master control with SNY, which was like the scariest thing ever. <laughs> but, but yeah. It's not that scary at all. Yeah, no, after the fact, it wasn't. But before I was like, oh, okay. Everyone's listening to me. Got it. Live TV is the most, well, live broadcasting is always the, uh, it's the pinnacle. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's it is uh, definitely an adrenaline rush, and then a big sigh after it's over. Yes, you're like this the whole time. You're like, and then you can like let it go after. We we used to like when we first did the football games. I don't know how many years ago now. I'm like lo- losing track of time, but like, it was it was a lot of it, for the a lot of people it was their first time doing a production like that. I'm like, look. Mm-hmm during live broadcast it's emotional there's a lot of things going on you might get heated people yell at each other do not take anything personal (laughs) no exactly because it's 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 you know not that you should be yelling but like if you're trying to figure something out you can't figure it out it gets frustrating i've been there and that has happened multiple times yeah i oh yes You just got to let it brush off your shoulders. And I think that that's also what I learned is like, you can't take yourself too seriously. No. And you kind of have to keep your bubbly personality and, you know, tensions will be high, but you just have to kind of roll with the punches and not let it affect you too much. Exactly. I mean, I've seen, I've seen seasoned professionals walk out of the control room, very upset. Yeah, it happens. And, and and then afterwards, they're you know they're fine with everybody. It's just like at that moment they get upset about it and they need yeah. to walk away. And they and they know when it's like okay, now I just need to walk away or whatever. Um, but I'm glad you had that experience. And 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 that's not to promote Sacred Heart University or anything, but it is honestly it's one of the things we pride ourselves about with the program is that we we offer these opportunities for the students to be able to we we are. We call ourselves, we're not a theoretical program. We're a practical program. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you learn theory, but you also, we, and we're not just, you know, we're not just, hey, we're going to record a football game. No, we're broadcasting on a SNY, you know? <laughs> this yeah. is like a real broadcast that is being seen by real people. Um, it's not even, you know, even before when we were streaming, like, well, this is going on the, the conference website. Now we're like on a network, you know? So what we do is is real. Yeah. Um, even on the other side, you know, we, last year, we um, hosted the president, the presidential democratic debates mm-hmm. and, and broadcast that for the state. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. a real thing. It's real. That we've done. Yeah. So, um, and we give this in and, and students that are doing it. Yeah. There's faculty, there's myself, you know, we, we're there to help and make sure it works, but it can't happen without the students. And, yeah. and I that. always like, because I'm a tour guide also. So <laughs> of course you are. Why not? I- <laughs> I always like I always say that on all of my tours whether students want to be communications majors or not but just the fact that we're getting real life experience when you're still like a junior in college not mm-hmm. everyone can say that 
And it's amazing that we have that. Right. And, and those people that like yourself that are self-motivated and are passionate about the thing, those are the ones that as uh, when they graduate, you know, I've seen them go off and get jobs right away in the places they want to be at ESPN at NBC sports and things like that, because, you know, we've already instilled the, the basic skill set, and then your passion takes you that next step. Yeah. So, um, and that's, and that's really what we're trying to instill. It's like, okay, we, we give you all the tools you can, but you still, at the end of the day, if a student doesn't have the passion for it, there, there's not much. You else can't to be teach passion. It that's can't teach passion. You got, and you got to find out what you're passionate for. You know, like you said, and, and this is something I always tell people, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you might know what you want to do now. It might not be what you do later. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. You know, I've changed careers multiple times. I mean, it's always within the, around the same orbit, but it's different roles and it's fine. Cause you, as you learn, you find you like to do different things and yeah. Maybe you don't want to just sit in a room editing all day. Because... Yeah, like I never thought I wanted to do sports until I did CT sports now. And now look at me, it's what I want to do. So. <laughs> you, you never wanted to be in a newspaper. Now you're in a newspaper. Exactly. You know? <laughs> um, all right. Oh, question three. Hold on. I got a question. I got one. Uh, of course I made this, it's on like my sticky notepad on the computer, mm, which is small yeah. font. And I'm like squinting so far away. Um, what will you miss most when you leave shoe? Um, well, I'm not letting myself leave just yet because I'm going to go to grad school. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's different. It's still different. Um, I'm definitely just going to miss the, the relationships. That's the biggest thing is it, you can come here and you can do a job and you can go to class and do all the extracurriculars. But if it's the meaningful relationships that you make like through those long hours working and working on projects and broadcasts is that's the best part and that's something that I think you wouldn't really get the exact same experience if you went to a different school mm -hmm. because everyone at Sacred Heart is very much collaborative and they want to help people they want to see people get better and everyone is so motivated in this program and having people with goals and motivations it makes you want to be better and you see someone doing something and it's not a lot of times it's like oh it's a me versus you or i'm better than you it's like well what can i do to help you to get to where you want to be and i think that that is what is so unique to sacred heart and mm -hmm. this program and the people who are part of this program because every single experience I've had in a class where it's like a group project or a broadcast or CT Sports Now, like everyone has that same mentality. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you'll get a few that are like, uh, whatever, I don't, I don't care about this, whatever. But I have not come across that. And that is what is so special and what you might not find when you go out into the working field. And that's just it makes my heart so happy that like everyone here is like that well i think i think you don't come across it because i think those people weed themselves out yeah i guess you're yeah. right because <laughs> well it, it's it's you know it's like a magnet you 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 end up being attracted towards like-minded people yeah so you know we have 300 some odd undergrads in the in the program whatever but you don't see them all you, you're yeah. you're because it's because of the production classes that you're taking, uh, the same people want the same kind of people want to take those classes, 
and you end up collaborating with them. So if you're doing yeah. the sports stuff, like people that are doing the sports want to do the sports. Um, you know, you're not going to get someone to show up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday to do a football game unless they want to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes we've had people begrudgingly, but I'm like, yeah, it's a one o'clock game. What time? What time's call? 6 a.m. Huh? Like, <laughs> I, I always say, like, I rather when, when I was part of the, you know, now that I've stepped away, I don't have, don't have to be there because I everything's working so well now. Um, <laughs> Cause I fixed everything. But when I was, you know, it was my class at one time. And, and I always like to say that like on a live production, I rather have an hour where I'm bored before the production starts than running around the entire time. Cause if I don't have that time where I get bored, then I get worried. <laughs> no. Yeah, of course. You need that peace of mind. Oh, I've definitely run around last minute right before the broadcast is supposed to go live, trying to fix that one last cable yeah. And then, and then doing it while it's live too. That's a whole other story. <laughs> then the stress is all the way up here. And <laughs> yeah. we lost the stream. Why do you mean we lost the stream? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, well, now that's, uh, I'm not going to go. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, what advice can you give an incoming freshman? Um, definitely just immerse yourself immediately. You know, it might not be like take advantage of every single opportunity because like me, I took advantage of so many opportunities, things that I didn't think I wanted to do. And every single one of those led me exactly where I am. And like I came in and I was a TV film major and I did dance and choir. And now I don't do dance, I don't do choir, and I added a sports media major. So, like, things change, and I think that being open to that change is the best thing for you, because that's when you really find out what you like and what you don't like. And it's also okay to completely change what you want to do and not go down the path that you intended to go down when you came in freshman year. Because if I did that and I kept myself in a box, I'd be missing out on so much. Mm -hmm. And not just like experiences that are gonna lead me to my future career, but also just people and finding out more about myself and becoming more confident, like I said earlier, in myself. So just having such an open mind and not being afraid to step out of your comfort zone. When I was in high school, I was the epitome of in my comfort zone. I was the least independent person I knew. And I like couldn't go walk down to the main office without my friend. But now it's like, I don't even know who that person was anymore. And I think that when I came to college and I was like, okay, like I have to have an open mind. Like this is where it happens. And once you have that mentality, that's when everything starts to open up. So just the short answer, just be open-minded and be welcoming to change. That was a good short answer at the end of the long answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like processing everything you just said still. <laughs> Talked about high school. I'm like thinking about high school. I'm like, oh my God, high school. <laughs> oh, that was so long ago. <laughs> oh, high school. Um, yeah. life, you know? I'm no, sure that, that's for you. I don't want to talk about it. No, that was good. That was good. That was good advice. All right. The, the, this is my last of my prepared questions. Okay. 
if there was one thing you could change about your time at shoe, what would, what would it be and why? That is really hard. Um, hey, I say the hardest one for last. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to be honest, like I wouldn't change anything because I completely believe that everything happens for a reason and everything happens in the timing that it's supposed to happen. And yeah, maybe I could have done without dance for two years because it prevented me from doing other things within my major. But I think that that time, even that, like that timing just worked out perfectly because I, when I left high school, I wasn't done. I wasn't ready to be done dancing. So I had to carry that over, but it wasn't supposed to last all four years. And I, everything happened the way it was supposed to, when I was ready, whether I knew it or not, that I was ready for it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that I can think of that would be like, I wish I hadn't done this, or I wish I had done this. Because I think at this point, looking back now, being a senior, looking back on freshman year, I'm a completely different person and I'm doing completely different things, but everything I did had to happen or else I would not have been where I am at all. Excellent. <laughs> hey, the, the question did say if there is one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, I, 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 I worded it properly because I, I was like, it doesn't mean there is a thing. Because yeah. um, And I, I agree with you, the fact that everything happened, you know, you are who you are because of what happened to you. Exactly. If you change one thing, are you the same person? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can always say, yeah, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. But at the end of the day, you did those things, they happened, and you are where you are now because of what happened. Yeah. And as long as you are in a good place, that's, I mean, obviously if you were in a bad place, then maybe we should have changed something. <laughs> <laughs> and something should be adjusted. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so you are going, so you already applied to grad school. I'm like, it, the application has not been started, but uh, it's yeah. all conceptual right now. I'm like, you know, in the process of like letters of recommendation and building my website and stuff okay. like that. Um, um, yeah. So you're going to, for the SCM? So now you're, you're, you're full on sports all of a sudden. Yeah, I am. So, yeah. so, so since we're talking, well, let's, let's finish this out with sports then. Okay. What's your favorite baseball team? Yankees. Football team? Giants. Hockey? Devils. Um, soccer? I don't watch soccer. The big three. Basketball? Nets, just because they just used to be New Jersey Nets, you know. Gotta stay loyal. I mean... I, I, I call the Jets a New Jersey team, so I don't know. Well, they, listen, they are. And like the <laughs> Jets, you. Giants, they are, okay? And I get why. Well, the Giants, the Giants used to play in New York. Yeah, well, now they play in New Jersey. So. I know. <laughs> they both play in New Jersey. Is, is, yeah. They are New Jersey. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah. Like, no, they're the Anaheim Angels. Come they're on. The Anaheim. Yeah, they, exactly. they play in Anaheim, which is an hour drive from Los Angeles. I know they're I've driven it. <laughs> I've made that drive before. It is not <laughs> next door. It's not like, oh, here's Los Angeles and there's Anaheim. No, no, no. It is a significant distance. It's yeah. like saying, oh, you know, it's like, it, it's, 
It'd be like having the Yankees play in Hartford. New York Yankees, yes. Yeah. No, no, the Hartford Yankees now. You know, exactly. it's like, no. This doesn't work. Call yourself the California Angels. Call yourself what you're not the Los Angeles Angels. Oh, that's me. You're getting very heated about it. Sorry. I, I just like, I, I'm, when it comes to sports, like, because especially when you think about the history of like a lot of the sports, like, especially baseball, because it started as club teams, which were yeah. very local, very hyper local. Um, so the, the location in me, I, I like geography. All right. And I think locations mean something like I had a, a girlfriend in college who was from Foxborough. She used to t- tell people she was from Boston. She'd be like, mm-hmm. and I go, why would you tell people from Boston from Foxborough? She's like, oh, people don't know where that is. I'm like, the Patriots play in Foxborough. They play at Foxborough stadium. People know where Foxborough <laughs> like you're, you're a 30 minute train ride from Boston. You live in Foxborough. Yeah. You know, That's like, like my roommate, though. She's no, you're not even we had to drive County. to get to the train to get to Boston. Yeah. That's like my roommate from she's from Bucks County and she just tells everyone she's from Philly. I'm like people know what Bucks County is. The, the, the only thing and I, I do with people from New York, too, but I guess people identify with counties in New York, which is weird to me because Connecticut doesn't identify by counties. Like, yeah, we have counties, but all that means is like we divide up the state so we can say county. Like yeah. there's no, there's no county sheriff, county police, like that doesn't, that's not a thing in Connecticut where it is in like in, in New York, there's a county jail, you know, it's mm-hmm. a different, it's a different kind of system. So people say, oh, I'm from Westchester. I'm like, all right, what town? <laughs> See, like that doesn't work for me because I don't know the towns in Westchester. <laughs> but, well, I, I do just because my wife's family lives in Westchester. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, I know the towns of Westchester because I know people from Westchester. So I'm like that, you know, saying Westchester is like a big area. It's like saying I'm mm-hmm. from Long Island. I'm like, okay, which part of Long Island are you from? Yeah. Because yeah. there's like three distinct parts of Long Island, three or four distinct, four, three. I forget now. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you got, the, you got North Shore, South Shore, East End, West End. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, compare. Are, are you like the South shore? So are you like from the Hamptons? Are you like from the rich part? Are you from the North shore, which is, you know, more working class? Are you from the East end, which is like, whoa, whoa excuse me. <laughs> like the further, the further you out, it's like the, the bigger the house you have. Ugh, that'd be something. You know? So it's like, where are you from? What, you know, where you are in Long Island makes a big difference about how you see the world and where, you know, your socioeconomic status. Not, that, not to say yeah. that means who you're going to be, but it, you know, tell, oh, I'm trying not to get too deep here now. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, you know, when you say where you're from, it says a lot about you as a person just because um, it, it can and can't say a lot about you as a person. But, it does, you know, if I'm from Connecticut, it's different than saying I'm from New York, different than saying I'm from yeah. Texas. It means know. something, yeah. But if I'm from Texas, if you say I'm from Austin, it's different than saying I'm from Corpus Christi. Yeah. Because if I'm from Austin, okay, you're into music and you like the bar scene and, you know, you're probably more liberal. If you're from Corpus Christi, you're probably more conservative. Because yeah. that's just the culture of those towns. And I know people that live in Austin, so I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends that have relocated to Texas. Remember the Alamo? <sighs> no. That's what I always say when someone brings up Texas. Uh... Because what if you forget? What if you forget the Alamo? Well, what if we forget the time when a ragtag group of American people tried to take back Mexico from the Mexicans? I don't know. (laughs) 
that's what bothers me about like when I learned history, like the things that I was taught when I was young don't jive with what I know as an adult. That's true. Yeah. Also, the Mal- the Alamo is really tiny. Is it? Have you been there? <laughs> yes, it's in San Antonio. It's in downtown San Antonio. Um, and my friend lives in San Antonio, so his wedding was down there. So we've been down there a couple times. Um, and it's like literally the Alamo is right across from like a hotel. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and and it's it's really this just this little building. It's a tiny little. Not even, you can't even call it for. It's really just like a, a, a place where like they live and it's like that's where davy crockett and a couple of the people made their last stand against like the mexican army that's just so weird that, to me that it's like a hotel across the street now. yeah there's like a hilton across the the, on that? There, there's literally the hotel across the street it's like i think it's a hilton oh, and very nice. there's actually a rip there's a so the the <laughs> downtown san antonio has they call it's a river walk so there's there's a river and alongside there's a sidewalk on both sides and bars and shops on both sides and everything restaurants and the hotel that's right along there's so that hotel's there and there's actually a river like a tributary to that river that goes underneath the hotel so it goes through the lobby whoa that's so cool so it starts from outside so it actually starts from outside and there's actually a part there's a there's a little bar outside too you can stop there and then it goes into the hotel and goes through the lobby and then exits the other side into the river walk. That's really cool. Yeah, so that's that's San, if you ever go to San Antonio, definitely you know it's a, it's obviously the touristy area, but it's cool because it's like, um, like I said, you have all it's up and down. There's you just walk along the river, all the restaurants and shops are right there, mm-hmm. um, and you can spend the extra money, stay in that hotel. Don't do what we did and stay in the hotel like a block away because then you got to walk back and forth and it's stupid. <laughs> you want to get your steps in, Keith. Come on. <sighs> no, no, no. Here's the thing about Texas. They don't have trees. Right. Really? So uh, not, that, not like we have in New England. So the first time we went to San Antonio, okay, this is my story of the day and then, we're, then we'll, we'll close out. <laughs> we're, we're getting close to an hour here. Um, <laughs> So back, back at my 30th birthday party, Ooh. so we're going back 10 years, um, my friend and I, so back a little further. So I was in a band and this is not that hard. This is like mid two thousands. I was in a band, our guitar player moved down to Texas with his then fiance, now ex-wife. So now he's down in Texas. So and then our drummer ended up relocating down to Texas as well, but in Austin, because uh, he was working for the Art Institute of America. He was working at the Boston location, and then they relocated him down to the Austin location. He was an RHD. Um, so, like, my friend and I, who's the singer and the bass player, we're like, hey, let's, we have an idea. Let's, let, let's write some new songs, and then we'll go down for the weekend, and then we'll jam, and then record them. Mm-hmm. so we spent like two months just like writing new songs uh so we were we were like 10 or 12 songs and then um my birthday weekend because it was Clum- it's clump my birthday weekend's on columbus day weekend so we usually have an yeah, extra it's day it's coming up yeah what a fraud um <laughs> so so we we flew down so first of all there was a surprise birthday party at my friend's house the night before we flew out <laughs> So we had a birthday party at his house for me. And then the next morning, 
my wife drove us to the airport, drove us to JFK. And we literally just brought, I just brought a backpack. That's all I brought. We were only mm-hmm. there for three days. I brought a backpack. With stuff. I have to do it. Um, and we flew down, like, and because, like, we were just going to use my friend down there. He was in another band, so they had instruments and rehearsal space. So we didn't have to bring anything with us. Um, so we flew down. We, where was I going with this story anyways? <laughs> Could not tell you. The trees? Um, the trees? Yeah, the trees. Oh, there you Thank you. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so we, we, um. He was going to drive us and, you know, pick us up to bring us to rehearsal. So we didn't care about rental car or whatever. We just got a hotel close to the airport. Uh, so we stayed at like the Holiday Inn Express because, you know, that you always do better after you stay at Holiday Inn Express the next day. That's what the commercials say. So we, we, we did that. And then like, um, we were like, okay, um, one morning, like, oh, let's go to Denny's for, for breakfast. Like, and we looked at it on the map, like, this is like early iPhone days. So like, you know, Google Maps wasn't as great as it is now, but I was like, oh yeah, there's a, or I was using MapQuest, I think, I even, whatever. Um, oh my God, throwback. Th- like, yeah, Google Maps didn't exist on the phone yet. It was a MapQuest app that I had downloaded. That's how we got to all my soccer games, MapQuest. Oh. Right? So, so like, oh, there's a Denny's. It's like a mile away. Now, we usually walk the dogs like way more than a mile when we go for a walk. So like, oh, that's not that far. So we walk to it and then we have, we have our breakfast and they're like, we're going to walk back. And now this is why no trees is important because it's October. It's in Texas. It's still mm-hmm. warmer in October in Texas. So it's like in the eighties, late high eighties, right? Mm-hmm. We start walking back and there's no trees, which means there's no shade the entire way. So like halfway between there, like maybe a mile, half, whatever. It was, it was, point is not that far realistically. Yeah. But with no trees for shade, you're walking on concrete. Mm-hmm. So it's reflecting back at you we're hot now and like we there was a mall halfway between so we dipped into the mall just to be in the air conditioning air conditioning yeah and like cool off for a minute and then finish the walk back to the hotel so that's why get the hotel closest to where you want to be in texas because got it no trees or you drive and even though and like the hotels even like not all hotels have free parking so don't think yes i know right it's like if you're a lot of times hotels in cities even if you're staying there you have to pay extra for parking that seems um it's, it's true in new york too because they have limited square footage so they have limited parking space so if you're going to bring a car you usually have to like reserve you, sometimes you have to reserve a spot sometimes you have to pay for the parking whatever it is um because they also have gated parking so you have to get a pass to get in some places so um, I guess that makes sense. Get the get the ho- spend the extra sixty bucks a night. Get the hotel closest to the place where you want to be, so you don't have to get the rental car. You can just take the Uber from the airport to the hotel the one time, and then walk yep. it for the rest of the three days, and then take it back. Yeah. But long story short, yeah, we rehearsed one day for ten hours. We learned all the songs. We whittled it down to six songs, and then we spent a day up in Austin for my birthday, and then we recorded all the six songs the next day. And then we flew back. Wow. So we, rec- we rehearsed, recorded a whole album in three days. Good job. Proud of you. Well, my, my, my guitar player, he also has a recording studio. So, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he was resident in a recording. St- I should say he had a, he had a rehearsal space where he was allowed to have his recording stuff in at the time. So yeah. we didn't have to pay for all that stuff, that which is nice. But anyways, that's enough about me. <laughs> Shannon, I want to say it was so so great of you to join me today. Um, of course. It's wonderful to see you go from freshman 
to now a senior and then I guess I'll have to see you for another year next year yeah. um, sorry <laughs> as, as a grad student um, and it's great to see that you've found this new passion for sports broadcasting and I really you know so you oh you mentioned before that you applied for the Olympics but obviously that got delayed yes so I guess there's nothing really happening with that right now yeah we're at a standstill right now <laughs> well I hope that you know well I mean that's a year from now so you might have a job by then yeah, well, like, they said that because they, like, sent out an email a little bit hmm, April when they, like, <laughs> decided that they were canceling, and they were, like, if you're still interested, like, let us know, and we'll, like, be in touch. So. Okay. I mean, that's also, you know, it's obviously a great opportunity, um, and it's local. It's right in Stanford, so you don't have to do travel, exactly. which I think people, I always tell that story about, like, oh, yeah, you know how when you watch Olympics, all the editing gets done here in Connecticut. We're like, what? Like, we're not sending everyone over to Japan. It costs too much money. <laughs> no, exactly. And they said that their facilities in Tokyo are so small that like uh, most people are going to be in Stanford. Yeah. I mean, it's really the, the only thing they put down there are the sets. Yeah. And, and the control and for all that, everything else, all the editing for the past several, I don't even know how far back it goes, but it's all in Stanford because why shift your entire work crew there? If you yeah, don't have everything's to. there. Why not use it? Yeah. Um, but anyways, thank you for joining me. Um, I wish you all the best. It's great to see. I love seeing students. Like I said, I love seeing students going from freshman to senior and seeing the progress because for me, like I, you know, only teaching intro to production, (laughs) podcasting, like I don't, I don't get students at their pinnacle. I get students at their infancy. So it's like, I see like, you know, this is your startings and it's like, Oh, that's, that's good. And then I see people, what people do like four or five years when they're in grad school and it's like, and then see their work. I'm like, wow that you like the transformation is amazing and I always love seeing that so and and it's great seeing students take up like leadership roles and really moving forward with what you want to do and finding a passion for it and I I wish you all the best obviously I'm going to see you for a while so it's not like you're disappearing tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) Um, and 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 you have to keep in touch even after you get a a job and of course you know keep don't forget sacred heart I would never where it starts I would never I, cl- I clearly haven't left so uh, yeah <laughs> that's what sacred heart does to people it pulls them in and doesn't it's let them go true. there's so many alumni that work here like it's true it, it's it's actually an active mission i think of the university to make sure we have alumni working at the university really yeah because it, it shows like if if you know if we're educating them then we should feel confident enough to hire them yeah of course so why wouldn't we have alumni but thank you. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. I will let you know when this is being published. Yes. It's in I five minutes. Wait. No, I, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> not in five minutes. I have to go have lunch first. Of course. Get a meal in you. Exactly. I'm hungry. Anyways, thank you. Have a great day. Bye.